pineapples, beaches, and golf. Now that's what I'm talking about. The cut line breaks down the Sony Open, and we might just get a special preview from Madman Manafort as the PGA's fourth oldest tournament is right in Zach's backyard. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. And hello, UK. All of our new listeners, welcome to the cut line. To all of our returning listeners, greed works. Greed is good, and greed, you mark my words, might just save that dwindling bankroll that you have right now in your DraftKings account. Welcome to the cut line. I'm Michael Cavalunis at Lunis on Twitter. Am I the guy who told you to fade Justin Thomas last week? You're damn right I did. Do I regret it? You're damn right I do. Hell no. <laughs> oh, man, did that hurt. Oh, that's okay. Can't win them all. Anyways, but this show is always better with my man, Zach Manafort, the 6K Maestro, the lineup slayer, the master slicer with a Jinsu and a tailor-made driver. Aiming left, ends up right, mad money Manafort, living the dream in Hawaii, so dare we call him Mai Tai Manafort? Okay. <laughs> At EaglesFan83 on Twitter, number 18 in your programs, but number one in your hearts, Zach Manafort. Zach, my man, oh, where man. you been? It is good to be back. I've been waiting for this day. I was uh, got snuck up on last week and didn't get a chance to even touch the computer, but I'm ready. It's in my backyard. Great way to kick off the season. I am. Ex- I'm going this weekend. It should be great. I can't wait. Can't wait. Well, your picks better be on fire. You've they already are. done how many course tours? I've, uh, this is gonna be fantastic! I can't wait. I am. I just. This is great. It, I, it's the best start to a PGA season to be able to go to the first event and it be in Hawaii. Second event. Well, for me. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, last week I promised a redesigned cut line, a more streamlined segment to help you build better lineups and provide better analysis. And as always, we're gonna do the best we can. <laughs> I like this guy. To make sure that you guys are building the best lineups for this weekend's tournament. And I guarantee you these new segments are going to help you do that. But we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, and fading chalk. And scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through. Help me out, Zach. No cut line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineup lock is tomorrow. What are you going to be doing? Wednesday night, I'm going to be on top of my roof looking at clouds and measuring wind resistance to grass. Why would you be on a roof? Why not? I have to get to the right height. That's some tall grass. (laughs) Sounds somewhat dangerous, but... I live up on a little hill. If you need leverage, I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be on Fanshare Sports, and even though I have my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important to guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, easy fix. Just go to FanshareSports.com, input the word cut line in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. Of course, we need to give a shout out to PGA and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, better lineups, bigger lineups. Both Zach and I 
Our process starts with these two sources and gives us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the field. Lineups ending in the wrong end of the flagstick, it's probably because you're not using Fantasy National. So I ask you, how are your lineups doing? This week, PGA stays in Hawaii for the Sony Open. The B-E-A-Utiful Wildlife Country Club hosts this mm-hmm. week's go first. Driving accuracy approach, play around the green putting. Who knows what's in store, but we're going to filter all that for you. But think Harbortown, think the Schwab, all courses that I would correlate to this course. Zach, a little bit more in depth. What are the golfers going to be looking at this week? Oh, man. Wyla is a beautiful country club. I cannot wait to go. It is going to be fantastic. Uh, so this one of the fourth oldest courses I think you mentioned earlier. Uh, it's a par 70. plays about just a little bit over 7,040 yards. There's two par fives in this course. Tons of par fours. Um, ten of which, or five, uh, the same distance is. Uh, so we'll be really diving into some par four scoring here. I think you're going to have to really dial those in to get success here. Uh, we see the course created back in 1925, back when there was just, you know, some canoes and, you know, much smaller, less densely populated Oahu than we see today. But was redesigned back in 2016 by Tom Doak a little bit uh, and continued with the original concept. So basically what we're going to see this week is a lot of tree-lined Bermuda fairways. There's not much water, just on three holes. Uh, the rough's not too tall from what I've seen this week, but, you know, you could get a little wild off the tee. There are trees, so you just got to make sure you're planning your shots consistently uh, and also taking account for the wind, which we'll talk about here in a second. But what we also see is the greens are pretty heavily defended with some uh, well-bunkered Bermuda greens. So make sure you filter that into your uh, models as you're building them. Really what we need to talk about the most is the wind. So if it's a calm year, the course plays pretty easy. Uh, Not much to worry about if if you play a solid game. Uh, you'll be all right. But this week, I think we will see some massacres happen on Thursday and Friday. Uh, so more important than ever to really pay attention. Uh, we could see up to a three to four shot difference per day uh, based on the strength and size of the wind. So what we're looking at really right now, I know it's a little far out, but um, locally here, we've been getting hammered uh, the last couple of weeks with some really heavy trade winds, a lot of rain. Uh, it's just been crazy amount of rain and wind this this year. And that looks like it's going to continue through the week. So what we're, we're expecting to have at the Country Club area itself on Thursday right now is really winds sustained around 30 miles an hour with gusts up to the high 30s and mid 40s. And that's pretty much all day. Um, so really not going to see much of a difference here, but you're really going to want to play guys that are heavily, have a real good history of heavy winds. And then Friday, this is where we could see a huge advantage come into play. You got... Friday morning, we're going to see the same type of winds, 30 miles an hour up to 41 mile an hour gusts. But then we're going to see them taper off, uh, supposedly around 11 down to 20 and then down to 18 by 5 p.m. But what we're also going to see is probably a lot of rain. Uh, We could get up to a quarter inch of rain by the end of the day Friday and then another uh, about 0.2 inches of rain uh, leading into Saturday. So I think the weather is going to be a make or break for a ton of people. And if you're not paying attention to it, your lineups are going to get destroyed. So really look at tee times as they start coming out. Look at guys that play in heavy winds. Make sure you're paying attention to that rain because that could throw all sorts of stuff into whack on Friday afternoon. Um, So the course is great. Uh, Course history, I really wouldn't worry about it because you've got so much to look at with weather and wind. and It could change how every other tournament played out. 
I would focus on guys that are good in the wind. You know it's going to be windy, uh, and you know that it can do well on Bermuda courses. And that's where I'm looking on this week. Well, uh, what what key stats are you considering? Uh, so for me, if I'm looking at the course itself, I'm just taking the overall golfer, looking at their history on windy conditions from moderate to windy as fuck, uh, and then on Bermuda courses, and I'm looking at strokes gained approach. I'm looking at strokes gained ball striking, GIR's gain, uh, strokes gained par four, uh, putting on Bermuda, and then proximity from 150 to 175, which is where a lot of these shots are going to start falling in from, especially on all the par fours that are here. Uh, that's where I'm at. I might sprinkle in some scrambling, but uh, I haven't gotten. I don't really think it's necessary this week. So those are my main six that I'm looking at. Not bad. I I have some similarities. I'm going to look at driving accuracy. I think it's very key here. Um, the scoring is huge. So I'm going to look at birdies gained. Birdies are better. Uh, birdie percentage. I'm going to look at ball striking approach and big time strokes gained around the green. I think with the wind, it's going to affect ball flight a lot, and it's going to affect yeah. where players end up landing as they aim for pins and adjusting the wind gusts. And I, I think that play around the green, especially with the bunkers, it's going to be key. And I, I'm weighting that way more than I normally do in my model. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Of course, this is a completely new to this tournament, looking at past history conditions. We've never really had weather like this here at the Sony Open. Not to this degree, yeah. so not to not to yet. Yeah, it's, it's it is wild this week, and I I think the forecasts are right on, and it's not supposed to let up until the weekend. So I I would really pay attention to it this week. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this will take us to our new segment: one putt, two putt, three putt where Zach and I will take our 11K range all the way down to the 7K range and talk about our favorite plays in those tiers. So we're going to start with that 11 to 10K range. Zach, kick it off for his brother. Yeah, for me, you know, as you mentioned, this is a year like none other here. I think you really can't take a lot of the past history into account. So for me, I'm looking at Hideki Matsuyama. And mainly because he has been playing well, if you look at the close of last year, uh, he had an 8th, an 11th, a 2nd, a 3rd, and a 16th. So, you know, okay, he had a break for for the season, but he he's coming in, finishing strong. Uh, when you look at his last 50 rounds on Bermuda and in super windy courses, he's number 16 overall in the model for me. But where I really like it is par 4 scoring, he's 4th. Ball striking and approach, he's 6th. And he's 1st from proximity 150 to 175. Uh, I think he outperforms all the guys above him. Um, and really anyone in this range for me. And I, I can't see anyone else I'm interested in playing here. Uh, I get the JT angle, but I'm not interested. I'm taking Matsuyama, and that's it for me. I can't take Matsuyama at 10-5 just because he can't win. You know, I don't. I, I think he can. He just, I, think, I think here he can. I, I'm sick of watching him fail and falter. I'm not going to buy into it until he actually does it, and I don't care if it bites me in the ass. I, I'm just I'm not buying the Hideki Matsuyama when he's above 10K. I'm not going to do it. That's fair. So That's fair. But. Who you got? JT, man. I, I don't know how you fade him in the spot. Fourth at the SAF. First at the CJ Cup. 17th at the Zozo. First last weekend. All my key stats, he ranks either number one or number two. I have projected for 114 DraftKings points. Now, since 2014, with the exception of one miscut, he's averaged a top 
10 finish. Ninth, actually. Now, JT's flaw? Putting. His putting has not been on fire, but his ball striking has, his approach has. Now, he ranks in the mid kind of tier in the putting metric. Now, putting is very important for this course, but I think JT's game right now speaks volumes for itself. Lastly, he's strong in the wind. He's a great player in the wind. You're going to have to find unique plays at 12K. Don't get me wrong. Plus, it's not like he's going to be a secret. JT is going to be highly owned. Right now, I got him projected for damn near 20%. And that number could increase by Thursday based on the wind and based on how good he is in the wind. No, I get what you're saying. I just, for 12, I can't I can't pay that price for, for JT. I, I think with how high he's going to be owned and the price he is, if he doesn't top five, then you're putting yourself so far ahead of the field. That's true. That's true. My, my second favorite golfer in this range would be Webb Simpson. Again, he's going to be pretty chalky. I'm looking at about 19% ownership, but he ranks number two in my model. But the thing that really, really excites me about Webby is that he ranks number one in my putting model. Um, even in the last 12 rounds, he's top 10. Last 25 rounds, he's number two. Last 50, he's number one in the field. Last 100, he's number one in the field. It, it's just a metric that I can't ignore. His expected putting distance on average is going to be 23 feet. He shoots about 21% for birdie from there. And I'm looking at 3.9 birdies per round. He's also a strong win player. He's not the best, but it's not like it's going to affect him and falter him that much. Plus at 11-1, it's a pill that's a little easier to swallow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he slays this course. He's never missed a cut going back to 2010. But, again, I'm, I'm taking the fade here. Not for any particular reason other than I'm only playing Matsuyama. I get it. I have nothing bad to say about Webb. And then the last play is just uh, Patrick Reed. He's shown great form lately. And uh, his putting as well has been on fire. The one thing I do like about his expected birdie on birdie or better average, he's the highest I project him as the highest at 4.67 potential birdie opportunities per round. Um, the the one thing in caveat that you do have to understand is that he's going to be putting from like a little higher of a distance with the win factor in there. So it's just something with Patrick Reed. But I do like the fact that since 2014, he, he you know he's only played one time. He finished 13th last year. And again, we're talking about weather being a factor. He still knows the course. He's played the course, and I think that's important. Because even with wind, you know where the, where the ball needs to go. So, Patrick Reed, last, no, I'm, last play over here. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I don't like how his, his wind history, but I, I do like his stats. All right, so let's let's kick it down to the 9K range. Who do you got here? For me, again, I'm only, I only got one, and I think you're, you're against me on this one, but it's Joaquin Neiman. At, uh, what is he, 9,400. 9, For me, it's really just looking at his weather history. Uh, coming off a pretty decent finish last week with a fifth, uh, where he was first in approach, or gaining strokes on approach, and around the green, uh, and off the tee. I mean, the guy had it all together and was gaining strokes putting. I mean, he looked fantastic. Um, some limited history in the wind, but overall, for me, he ranks eighth, uh, and he's top 20 on every stat except for Bermuda putting, where he's 50th. Uh, I'll take that chance at 9,400. I think a lot of people are going to play guys like uh, Chucky Three Sticks and, uh, and Kucher. Uh, for me, I'm just going to differentiate here and, and stick with Neiman. For my guided stats, Kucher, by the way, is the best win player. But going back to oh, absolutely going back to Neiman, 
Um, ranks 11th overall, my model. Looking at, at the highest owned player on the board. He's getting touted everywhere. Um, him and Morikawa both. So so Neiman oh, really? is going to be popular. Um, you know, we'll get more into it a little bit later, why I don't like Neiman. But there are stats here that do pop and say he is a, he is kind of a must play. We're looking at 3.1 expected birdie or better. Um, ranks 42nd in my putting model, which is a little bit above the middle of the field. But what's nice to see is his last 12, last 24, last 50 ranks in my stat categories. Ranks 25th in the field, 9th, 6th, and then 9th in the last 100. So so he's solid. Um, this year, long term, his weighted rank would be 43rd. So when you do that aggregate and you weight that, you know we're looking at 11th overall. A lot to like about Neiman. And I think as we progress throughout the week, this popularity is going to increase. So right now... Looking at an average of 73.64 points per tournament this year for Neven at just roughly nine and a half times at 9,9400. We're looking at a score of 89.3 to get nine and a half times value. So we'll see if that happens with Neiman. But I don't know how you don't love the Terminator in this spot. Ownership fade for me. That's really all it is. It's our boy, man. <laughs> Well, well, that, and I don't... It, he's kind of like Neiman. He doesn't have a strong history of Bermuda Windy courses, but the ones he does have, for me, he ranks 84th. And I, I, I can't. I just can't. It's such a small measurement, though. Like It's like it seven is. rounds. I, I can't... Con- no, I, have, I, have, I have 24. I can't consider it valid. I have 24 rounds for him. 24 rounds. I, I, playing here before, he finished 16th last year. Looking at him. different, it's a different animal. It's it's a different animal to win. I I get that, but right now he's in great form. Last twelve rounds, he he ranks seventh overall in my model, considering those key stats. So that's that that if that's something that I want to play. And in the last fifty rounds, we have seven opportunities where I have measurements in this. I get it. The wind, it, it's it struggles. Some golfers struggle in the wind. I'm willing to take pieces of Sung J M, and the Terminator and his ability just to to dominate a golf course especially an easy golf course if he if the wind pushes back or he ends up playing friday afternoon i I would shift my opinion and have a little bit more exposure but if he's playing wednesday afternoon or thursday afternoon friday morning i just i can't find a way i'm gonna roster him in the current conditions all right another guy i like in this range is chucky three sticks at 9100 and this is more of an ownership pivot from sungjay and neiman um He's only going to be sub 10%. Now, his recent form is not that solid. Of course, he ranks 94th in the field in the last 12 rounds, 91st in the last 24 rounds. But his putting is always strong. He ranks 17th overall in my putting ranker. In my intangibles, he's got an expected birdie or better average of 4.06, which ranks third best overall. On top of that, we're looking at expected average putting distance of 21.6. Number one birdie or better putting percentage this year from that distance, Chucky Three Sticks at 31.3%. I like the opportunity here for for Howell. Um, we saw him kind of fall apart last year at the end of the season, and that's expected. You know, golfers can't maintain that type of play for, for the entire season, but we're, we're back in January. We're back where he played well last year. Uh, I'm looking for a strong win player as well. And that is why Chucky Three Sticks comes into play. Plus, the ownership, man. Sub 10% for a guy who could most definitely finish top 20, top 10. 
I don't know how he's sub 10%. I cannot see him being sub 10% by Thursday. I just can't. Well, There's no way. The dude has played here 10 times and has six top eight or better and missed the cut once. How in the world is he not over 10% owned? Well, pretty simple. The last time anyone saw him was at the RSM where he missed the cut. You know, it kind yeah, but, of, it's not like Chucky Three Sticks is someone who resonates among the golf community. If he's out of sight, he's out of mind. Man, if he if he's coming in under ten percent, I will I will gladly be overweight. Absolutely, you know. Right now, I I, I really I faded him because I thought he would be well over ten. It'll be interesting to see what occurs, but since 2014, made every cut, 6 of 6, with an average place of 16. Um, his lowest uh, place in that time was 32nd in 2018, and his highest was 8th three times, 2019, 2017, yeah. and 2014. So there's a lot to love about Charles Charles Howell III, especially if you're kind of a course history buff. Um, so... One guy I wanted to mention is Mark Leishman. He's kind of another guy that kind of fits that mold. His form is a little bit better than what it usually is long term, but again, a strong putter. Not a huge birdie gainer, but again, a course horse as he has averaged a 23rd place finish six of six times through. His best finish being a third in 2019, followed by a fifth in 2014. Everything else in top 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So, Leishman might be a little bit too much money, but if you're looking for a contrarian pivot, he is a play. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, going even back further since 2010, he's never missed a cut. So uh, it, it, I think there's the dude's a monster. There's something to be said there about guys who've yeah, never sure. missed the cut here. They're just good golfers. Yep. All right, so let's go to the 8K range, man. I I know you got a lot to talk about here. A lot of golfers that you like. Kick it off. Honestly, I don't. I don't have much. I have two that I really, really like, and then a couple that I am like, yeah, I'm on the fence. First one for me is Brant Snedeker. I think a strong win player here. Uh, we've seen the history of him being able to, to outperform in these type of conditions. Ranks 27th overall in my model. Okay, not the greatest, but his strength is going to be his, his strokes gain on par four. Uh, middle of the field in putting, uh, 23rd on approach, and, and uh, 36 in ball striking. I, I just think Sneds is gonna is gonna outperform a lot of the golfers in this range. He doesn't have a history here, not really. He's got three three attempts, uh, one miscut, a 16th last year, and a second in 2016. So he's not really jumping off the chart as a lot of the guys around him are with seven to ten years of constant cut making abilities. And he, we haven't seen him really. Um, God, I, I want to say in like four four or five months, even on the course. So I think hopefully. He's out of sight, out of mind, and doesn't really show up on a lot of people's radar, but uh, I'll be playing quite a, quite a bit of Snedeker this week. I like Sneds, and if if you recall, when, when, when he missed that cut at the Sony in 2017, he was terrible off the tee, but he was just atrocious on the green. He lost over 3.3 strokes putting. And, and it just did him in that weekend, especially when the course is, is, a, is a scoring course. You, you just can't do that. Not like a tournament of championship champions when, it, when it's a no-cut event. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where ownership ends up on Sneds because he, he, to me, is a sneaky play. And I agree with you. I just don't know where I'm going to end up on him based on recent form, based on his age, based on you just don't know what to expect. But we're looking at sub-5% ownership for a guy 
For Brent Snedeker, is eighty six hundred. Do I want to swallow that pill? I'm not sure. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It, it really is. I mean, last last year he was here, he gained six and a half strokes putting. So I mean, if he if he's on, and he can keep his shit together off the tee, he's he can crush this thing. All right, so a little chalk I'm going to mention is Ches. Uh, it's sixteen point ten percent ownership, but he ranks 29th overall in my model. Um, of course, with 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 Chezzy. You're going to have to worry about the putting and hope that putter gets hot, especially here. But when we look at his course history since 2014, five of five cuts, his average finish of 19th place is worth be, worst being a 42nd, his best being a third. So that's, of course, last year. Um, the thing I do like about Chessie is that when that putter gets hot, it leads to top tens, top fives. Um, he's someone that's going to be in, in my lineup, so I'll probably match the field at 16%. Um, if I go over, we're looking at maybe 20, 24%. Yep. I get, I'm with you. He ranks number four for me. I'll have a ton, a ton of Revy. I'll match at least guaranteed to match the field. Oh, I hate it. Every time I say that when it's Ches Revy chalk week, I, I cringe, but I'm doing it again. Yeah. Uh, last guy I wanted to mention the AK range is, <clears throat> is Brian Harmon at 8,200. This is a sneaky pivot again because he's a good golfer. I think he's he's priced correctly at 8,200 with an implied total of like 77 DraftKings points. But we're looking at sub 10% ownership. He just kills it though in my model. And the only thing I worry about is that negative regression to his long-term form because we know Brian Harmon is is historically not an $8,000 DraftKings golfer. (laughs) But... It is a sneaky play here. Five of six cuts made, an average finish of 16th. Um, the thing, though, is that sub-10% ownership, especially for a guy who can finish top five. And if you get those $8,000 golfers in this top five, top tens, it's just going to help your bankroll come Sunday. You know, uh, And it's something I like. The one thing I also do like is the expected birdie or better average at 357 an expected putting distance of 20.3, which is almost the best in the field, actually third best. So it's something that I'll be interested to see. Um, so before we uh, before we kick it off, though, to the 7K range, anyone else in this 8K range that you want to mention? No, I think I was actually going to mention Harmon as well. Um, I was on the fence about him being my third 8K guy I wanted to play, but... I just couldn't do it based on I just don't think he maintains the play that he's been doing. I, I don't think for that price I can pay for him. He's definitely interesting and a, and a great pivot, I think, for a contrarian move here. I just don't – I still was on the fence. I didn't want to mention him, but since you brought him up, I, I absolutely agree. So that'll take us to the 7K range, which is very interesting to say the least. I'll kick it off with this. Yeah. I like I, I like Rory Sabatini here. You know, I, I thought that this tournament correlates well with the RBC Heritage, and we've seen a lot of sex. Uh, sex. Woo! <laughs> Woohoo! What were you a doing? lot of success from Rory here uh, at the RBC. So, and, and, and we've seen success here at the Sony. Four six cuts made with an average finish of 29th. Now, he's priced up. That's for sure for being Roy Sabatini, but we, we saw that resurgence from last year. Ownership is going to be sub nine percent, and and I like the opportunity here for Sabatini. 
Yeah, the only thing I don't like about him is his Bermuda putting. That's true. That's it. Otherwise, yes, I agree. All right, who else you got? Number one in my model, which is surprising to me, is Mr. Grio at 7,600. He ranks at number one, and that's really because when I combine his wind history with his Bermuda history, uh, he's third in approach, third in ball, uh, second in ball striking, third in GIRS gain, third in power four scoring, third in proximity. I mean, the guy is just playing great when I look at when I look statistically uh, at his history. Now, he doesn't have a ton of history here. He's played here three times. His best finish was last year in 22nd. But, but uh, I think he he plays his best. We've seen him yet this year based on the conditions if they stay the same. So I will have a ton of Grio at that price, uh, and I can't find a reason to say no. You find the same reason we always say it, it's the putter, right? Yeah. If he figures it out, he's going to play great. If, if not, you know what you're getting. True. And luckily, though, you know, he's a great player in the wind, so he's got that going for him. But we'll, we'll see what happens with his approach game, which is always pinpoint. So it, it, it'll be interesting how he fares this weekend. I'm excited to watch that part. If he can make it to the weekend, I think he will do very well. Who else do you have in this 7K range? Uh, so I'll start with the guy I like the most. Uh I think Pat Perez here, again, at 7,400, based on his history, he ranks out number sixth for me overall. Uh, and that's mainly because his approach game is an eighth, his 14th Jairus game, ninth in par four scoring, and 28th in uh, putting on Bermuda courses. So, you know, I think, I feel like he's going to be overowned, and that's my only hesitation here. Um, but he missed the cut last year, 69th back a couple years ago. Another missed cut. He doesn't have the best course history, uh, but you go back a little bit further, he has an eighth and a ninth. So, I mean, he's got the potential. Um, when he ended the season, he ended on an, eight, an eighth place. So, I think, to me, in this range, if he's not overowned, I really think Pat Perez comes out here as a, as a, as a solid play. It's too much for me. 7,400 is too much yeah. for Pat Perez. You think that's too much for Pat Perez? I think that's a pretty I solid I mean, we're talking price. about a guy who's got an average finish of 44th. Like that's not gonna win. That's that's, about, that's not that's gonna win right. the GPPs though. You need him to go top twenty. Ah, he can. He can uh, top twenty. Seven we'll K guy. He got I mean, he's, a seven K guy that I think is underpriced. He's gonna be somewhat popular at nine percent owned, but is Ryan Palmer. I think he's a steal at seventy five hundred. When you look at his, it just like the overall golfer that he is. Of course, you're gonna struggle with the putter just like you are with Grill, Grio, but. I mean, his approach game is pinpoint. His off the tee game is pinpoint. He he's some a lot of interest in, especially at sub ten percent. No, you're right on that one. I I, I agree. My concern, as you mentioned, but is uh, it's a risk I'm willing to to take. If he, he's a great player in the wind, and you look at just recent form, seventeenth at the TOC, the Tournament of Champions, uh, in October. 10th at the Zozo, 12th at the CJ Cup, 37th at the Shriners, 43rd in the BMW, 77th at the Northern Trust. I mean, the guy played some major golf last year, making it all the way to the BMW Championship, and he's only in the in the mid-7K range. No, you're right. So, Absolutely. Uh, anyone else in this 7K range that you just need to play? 
I think so. And I think everyone's going to hate him. I think he'll come in super low-owned, and I'm going to take a couple stabs at him. Not a bunch, but I really like the potential for Aaron Wise here. Um, doesn't have any good course history. He missed the cut two years ago, and his only attempt played. Uh, he missed the last two cuts ending the season after he finished third. Um, it, he just doesn't look good on paper, but when you look at his overall history in these types of conditions, I think you you get a better performance if he makes the cut. He ranks 26 overall in my model. A lot of it is because of his GIRs gained and proximity, which I think will come into play here. A little bit more expensive than I'd like to pay at 7800 but... I think I am going to take some shares of him because I think if he does make the cut, he won't be owned, and he will definitely Fair help enough. me differentiate. I, I, I could see that happening. Um, last guy, I just want to mention this 7K range, not going to go into great detail, is Ryan Armour. You know what you're going to get. So if, I mean, he's 7K, he's right on that border of where he should be. But, you know, you're worrying about the putter again, but you look at his course history, two cuts, uh, two made cuts since 2014. Finished top 40 in one, top 25 in the other, averaging finishing position of 31. I'll take that for 7K. Yep. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this will take us to our new segment, Can't Do It. Won't Do It. This is golfers that are going to be 10% owned or higher that we suggest you fade, that you don't play. You can't play them. Don't do it. So I'm going to start it off right now, and I'm going to Lanto Griffin. <laughs> Lanto Griffin is $7,500. He's looking to be like 15% owned. He's going to pop in people's fantasy national models, and I get it, but... His course history here is not the best. He has a 58th place finish since 2014, so that's it. You know, for a course that's easy to score on, I want someone who's actually going to do well here. Um, lastly, we are concerned about the weather here, and Lanto Griffin is below average in extreme windy conditions. $7,500 for a golfer who's going to struggle. A lot of people are going to be on Griffin. Why? 13th place at the TOC. I get it. But that that's such a small field and such a small resemblance of how Lanto's going to play this weekend. He is my can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm with you. I don't, don't disagree at all. Who else you got? Now, someone you will disagree with, and I don't care. I cannot cannot play Justin Thomas this week. I don't care that he is 12,000. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. I don't care that he's the best golfer in the field. Don't care. I don't care that in 2017 he won the tournament in champions and then came back and won the Sony Open the next week in Hawaii at the Wildlife Country Club. I don't care. He's too much. There's too much wind. There's too much going on. He's too expensive. And this field is considerably stronger than I expected. I just don't think there's any way he wins, let alone top fives, and I think he's going to burn a ton of people this week. I think you were just a week late on the call, and, or a week early on the call, and I have no interest in playing Justin Can't Thomas. do it. Can't. Right. We're going to go to your boy Neiman here, and 
there's no really skill set or stat that's going to say, hey, don't play Neiman. But his volatility is what turns me off. Okay, fifth at the TOC, but then he missed the cut at the OHL, 33rd at the Zozo, 12th at the CJ Cup, but then missed the cut at the Shriners and 54th at Sanderson Farms. Shriners and Sanderson Farms, those courses are very, very easy. Of course, though, before that, he got first place at the Greenbrier. So this inconsistency and the popularity and the volatility is something that I just don't want a piece of. All right, he's a decent win player. I get that. But just his overall game, he's so young. He's going to be a great golfer. Don't get me wrong. But he's just not there yet for me to say, hey, I'm all in on Joaquin Neiman. Can't do it. Can't do it. You got anyone else? Yep, I do. And he's he is a fan favorite of mine, but not this week. Colin Morikawa, I can't do it. The guy has a small sample size playing in the wind. It's really his first full season on tour. Uh, he's priced way too high, uh, way too quick. Yes, I get it. He was crushing the end of last season. I don't care. Uh, he's coming off the seventh of Tournament of Champions. Great. He lost strokes putting. Fantastic. You need to be a good putter here. Uh, if he doesn't get his putting under control, which he has lost strokes overall his last 20 events, he is not going to do well here. And oh, by the way, Bermuda is his worst putting surface. So I have no interest in Morikawa this week. I will be on him probably the rest of the season, just not this week. Fair enough. Those are our can't do it, won't do it. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He that is brings us to our monster. MG Monsters he and Guarantee, where Zach and I will give you your 6K time. golfer, our Martin monster, Pillar. who we I expect to finish in the top Martin. 25. And our guarantee, our 6K guy who's going to make the cut. This is your segment, Zach. Kick it off. I'm going to go with my monster. And it's a guy who has been playing terrible to end the last season. He has never played here before. But he gains at least one stroke when it's windy as hell. Uh, by far his best conditions. He's a decent putter on Bermuda. And he is only 6,700, and that is Mr. Charlie Hoffman. Uh, he ranks third overall in my model when I look at the last 50 rounds on windy Bermuda courses, and that is mainly because he just crushes the right stats. Now, I get it. He's been playing awful. But if he's going to turn it around, if he's going to play with strength, this is where he's going to do it. He's not going to be owned, and he's going to bring me home a ton of cash this week. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Very. My monster, Mr. Henrik Norlander. Yes. Okay. Fifth at the RSM. 41st at the OHL. 28th at the Bermuda Championships in November. 45th at the Houston Open in October. Missed the cut at the Shriners. Missed the cut at the Safeway. Missed the cut at the Sanderson Farms. And missed the cut at the Greenbriars. Hopefully he gets those missed cuts Ooh. out of the way. I'm okay with that. All right, but one thing I do like about him, he's played here twice since 2014. One missed cut, 120th place finish. Thing, though, though, in my, in my overall model, ranks 27th. For a 6K guy to rank so high is interesting. Obviously, we're at looking at limited data points for Norlander here, but 21st in the last 12, 49th in the last 24, 15th overall in the last 
50. He's a middle tier putter, but one thing I do like is a 3.0 expected birdie or better adjustment average. So I think Norlander here, top 25 monster. I like it. That's a, I like I like Norlander. It's a good call. Guarantee? Guarantee for me is the Gooch Man at 60. What the hell is he? 6,800. For me, small sample size again. He has played here twice, which is interesting because I didn't think he had been around that long. But he has. Missed a cut last year and an 18th the year before. Wasn't in the best form when he came into the 2018 event. He missed a cut at the RSM previously and then finished 18th. So I like the fact that the last time we saw him on the course, it was back in November where he finished 23rd at the RSM. He's got his shit together. Uh, he's a decent putter on Bermuda. Plays well in the limited sample size we have in the wind. Uh, I worry about his off the tee game, but I do think for the price you're paying for him, he will sneak through the cut line for sure. And he is my guarantee for the week. How about you? What you? I'm going with Scotty Harrington at 6400. No course history here, but ranks in the top 30 in my fantasy national model. Middle of the road putter, but we're looking at some short distance putting, some expected distance around 21 feet. I like the low average. I like the birdie or better percentage of 19.2%. I think Harrington kind of fits that bill of someone who's sneaky. He's going to be low owned. So that is something that I'm going to take advantage of. He's going to be my guarantee. Are we looking at anything like huge from Scott Harrington? Absolutely not. Uh, if he does finish top 25, it's just an added bonus. But, you know, you're looking to round out those stars and scrubs and hoping for a top 30 finish from Scotty Harrington. I think he's a solid play this weekend. I like that. Um, another guy who I had interest in, not going to endorse him, though, in the MG, but we're going to go Jin Jun Jang. Nice. Yes, I think he's a good, solid cut maker here this weekend. Uh, surprisingly, Kevin Tway is 6800 and he's going to look at less than one percent owned not sure he's going to be back um i will say this i'm going to fade doc redman looking at over 10 percent right now because of just how highly touted he was last year as a as a sub 7k player great player don't get me wrong but i i just don't know if i'm going to go that route fair enough i've got one for you who you got jerry kelly jerry kelly 6,200. Now, he doesn't grade out well stats-wise for me, but you look at his course history. Miscut, 14th, miscut, 9th, 6th, 3rd. Miscut, 29th, 8th. So, he's top 10 this thing four times in the past, like, seven years. And he's been playing pretty well on some of the other chores. He's got two back-to-back 10ths two months ago and won an event earlier or late last year. I mean, not the best player. I mean, look at (laughs) when he finished... 14th in the Sony Open on, in 2018. He had he missed the three cuts after that he played and the five cuts before that. So the dude just shows up here usually. So I'm not worried about his form. I, I think, I don't know, for 6,200, I'm going to have to have some pieces of this guy just to see what the hell happens. You have fun with that. I, I don't know if I'm going to get to Jerry <laughs> Kelly, but I can tell you who I'm not going to get to, even though I often play him, is Sepp Straka. Just not going to, I'm not going to do it. He, he's, he's bad in the wind. He's in bad form right now. Missed three straight cuts. Um, no interest. Not going to do it. He's, he's not going to be chalky either, but it's just it's a guy I'm not going to roster at this point in time. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. 
Fair enough. Well, all right. That's a wrap. The cut line is over. It is all over. The Sony tees off on Thursday. I am expecting big wins, big plays. Just to remember, just remember to max out, boys and girls. Everyone gets lucky from time to time, but there's no point in bringing a knife to a gunfight. Want to thank Fanshare Sports. Want to thank PJ Tour. Want to thank Fantasy National. Zach, gonna thank you. Great show. Good to have you back. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Love it when you're on this show. We don't suck as bad. We miss it. You crushed it last week. Besides, oh, JT. I did not crush. It was like dead last everywhere. <laughs> Uh, it's all right. Uh, you know what, one. though? I did see a tweet. It said, like, what the Sharps were on and what, like, the public was on. And I was like, oh, I was on that guy. I was on that guy. I was on that guy. And then I looked where I finished. I'm like, last place, last place, last place. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we get it wrong, too. But uh, big shout out to the listener. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Big things this week. Lineup locks on Thursday. Sony Open. Zach's going there. Follow him on EaglesFan83 on Twitter. He's going to be shooting pictures all day long. All, All day. day long. Later, boys. Mahalo.